namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato sammasambuddhassa buddhang dhammang sankhang namasami So this this morning I was suggesting uh, looking at all the bits of our conditioning which resist life, the annoyance when we feel annoyed, uh, when we feel angry, when we feel self-disparagement, when we feel critical, uh, when we don't want the weather to be this way, or so on and so forth. So that's a huge part of our the way we're conditioned and suffering. So I was suggesting that to make a decision to try to look at the resistance to the present moment if it if it arises uh, as as a type of mindset rather than getting too much caught up in the object of my resistance. Uh, so if I if I don't like something in the kitchen or in the washroom or with one of the fellow meditators or with myself or the chanting or so on to to see that the object triggers it that's the contact and then there's this resistance so that's a that's a decision that one makes to to do a practice and from a decision you get choices don't you so say if you're um, the main cook, head cook, and you have to cook tomorrow, then you make a decision on the menu. So you figure out, okay, we got 16, 17 people, and we have turnips, <laughs> or potatoes, or rice, or, or whatever we have, and we look at the, you look at the volume, and you figure out, okay, roughly this is what we're going to make. So that's, you make a decision. And then from that decision, you make choices. What kind of pans you're going to use, and how much water you're going to use, and uh, all the rest of it. So, our past has been based upon decisions and choices which have been, to some extent, skillful, to some extent, unskillful. So, like for me, I, I at some point in my life, I chose or I decided, or for some reason, to to use cynicism a way, as a way of getting past my fears. So it was a social construct, a personality construct, based on running, not based on fear, that actually gave me a false confidence and didn't give me much happiness. So I, I don't remember when those decisions or choices were made, but that was the one of the habit patterns that I had to become aware of as I began to understand what awareness is and mindfulness is. And I had to make decisions to not go that direction, to not, to not pick up that way of interpreting life, to not pick up that way of exhibiting a personality. And even though I could see that that way of being a personality was not a happy way, neither for myself nor others, and even though I could make a decision to 
try not to act out on those impulses, still there it was. And, and uh, the momentum of, of those previous choices carried a lot of weight. And so it is with all of us that we, first and foremost, we need to make decisions about the direction of our life, direction we're taking day by day. And then we try to choose according to those decisions. And that's what aditana is about, determination. Aditana, which is simply doing something like, like I'm going to, I'm not going to eat sugar for a week. That's, that's a sort of an aesthetic athleticism. You know, you just do something. I'm not going to take sugar for a week. But that really doesn't necessarily imply much wisdom. All it is is just not doing something. <laughs> but I think where, where it's more interesting, Aditana, is when you, you take the teaching and you take your own personality and, and you, you realize well, that's where personality view comes up a lot or that's where I suffer a lot or that's where I have a lot of confusion or whatever. And you make a decision to, to make choices to understand that better or to let go of that. And that seems to me a much more interesting way of aditana rather than just you know, kind of doing stuff for the sake of not doing or whatever. To me, that, that's a bit boring, actually. So, like, say, uh, the decision to... So this, I, the suggestion I made this morning was try to notice all, all resistance. Each time resistance comes up, see if you can notice it. So first of all, one has to take that on board. And why does that take one on board? Because, because of right understanding. And this is always where we're motivated. In the Noble Eightfold Path, the motivation comes from wisdom, uh, rather than um, because everyone else is doing it or because one feels guilty or whatever. So if wisdom informs the decision, then that should be very, very fruitful. So for me to make that say make that decision to notice all forms of resistance, negativity, rejection, anger, so on, uh, is very very fruitful. Because then if I keep informing myself with that decision, and then I'm finding that I'm resisting something in monastic life, person, whatever it might be, and I actually pay attention to the very sense of resistance, the what we call vibhavatanha, the aversion to or the desire to get rid of and I just hold attention on that mood then as that desire ceases there's a there's peace of mind which is not constructed and not dependent on having things my way say but rather it's the natural result of non-grasping and the cessation of desire and that's what I feel the third noble truth is about the cessation of desire you have to realize that, and you have to let go of it, and so on. You have to look, let go of craving, and you have to realize its end. And, and that fits in very, very well with, with the, the, the sense of being the Buddha, knowing Dharma, and knowing that this has a nature to arise, has a nature to cease, and abiding with that insight and with that understanding keeps taking you to the place where suffering ceases, and doesn't get reignited in the same way again, because the the, the very tendencies to reignite that kind of suffering are lessened as well. So if I don't like something in the monastery or I'm 
critical about some person or critical about my own behavior, I can I can certainly address that socially if I think it's appropriate. But uh, you know, if that's my responsibility. But but outside of that, the, the critical mind and the, and the judging mind and the averse mind is a powerful part of anyone's conditioning. So the decision then to look at that comes from what? It comes from my own wisdom, my own understanding, my own curiosity about that. And also just seeing it causes me suffering and doesn't make others happy. So I make the decision, but I have to keep remaking the decision because I forget. And that's what, for me, Aditana is about. You keep, you keep inclining towards that menu. You keep remembering what, what menu you, you chose to do. And then the choices, because they're informed by this more background decision, say, larger decision, the little choices are constantly being guided by that, mediated by that, informed by that. And that, of course, applies to, to, to anything. And then realizing that, say, in that example of cynicism, that wisdom also informs us that, that this just because I make a decision, it doesn't, you know, like I make the decision to, uh, on the menu, it doesn't mean that the food gets cooked. You still have to cook the food, you still have to do the work, you still have to chop the turnip, or whatever you need to do. <laughs> it's going to be a big theme in my... <laughs> we'll call this the turnip retreat. <laughs> I don't even know what a turnip looks like. Anyway... <laughs> Oh, you see what I mean? Not to turn it, but I mean, <laughs> um, kind of picking up the karma that you have, the kind of vipaka karma, and realizing, okay, if, if I've been doing that for 20 years, or how, you know, however many years, it's going to take a bit of work to um, not go there, to not pick that up. And so one can feel very frustrated quite, o- quite often, like, you, you, you get an insight around something that you're, you habitually do, think, act, pick up, get obsessed with. Uh, you get an insight into that, and yet you're still doing it. That's very frustrating, isn't it? But that, that's, that just shows you the power of, of these habits that, that we are involved in. So some sense of self-forgiveness is very important. So, and in a kind of reasonable sense of what is really possible in, in this human realm. But yet some kind of self-criticism, too, and determination. Now, I, you know, I don't want to go down that pathway. I've been down that too many times. So the self, self-evaluation or self-criticism isn't from hatred. It's not from, like, this harsh, judgmental, you, you know, you're hopeless or dumb or whatever. It's, it's more like, no, no, with this as condition, that arises. When I go this way, I get that result, and that result is suffering. So how can I wake up to that tendency, to that attachment, to that way of going? So our, our whole practice is, is based on decisions and choices, decisions and choices that's going on all the time. And we get feedback from those decisions and choices that we make. And then that feedback shows us, oh, this is working. Yeah. Or, well, no, there's something wrong here. I'm not, I'm not doing this right. I suggested that we try to once a day at least, to go through and wish each other well, do a round or two of, of may you be happy. <laughs> and this is lovely, lovely to do, uh, just to kind of sit back and say, well, what should I do 
what should I do in this sitting? It's a decision. What should I do? Well, I think I'll just wish everyone well. I'll give up. I'll give up trying to get enlightened this time. <laughs> and just enjoy myself. <laughs> but yeah, and sweet John, maybe well, something well, came around, really well, da, 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 da. you go on and it's quite nice. And then you, you make it a you make it a practice. You you say, Oh, how can I calm the mind with that? It feels good in the heart. Oh, and you use the breath and then and then you you know, you've you lost, did I do Siddhartha or did I? <laughs> and, and so it makes you focused, you have a list and so on. Right? And so each time I'm making a decision, I'm making a decision, I sit down and I'm going to do this, and then, and then my decision informs the choices I make. And then at the end of the sitting or end of the day or end of the retreat, I say, yeah, those are good decisions, aren't they? And all those choices which came from them. And then vice versa, the you know, the, the, the habitual decisions, like, because we make decisions that we're not even aware of, like, they're not so conscious. Some, some of the choices we make come from well-informed decisions. Some of the choices we make just come from spontaneity. It's cold and you, you put the coat on tighter. And, but some of the choices we make come from bad places, not good places, suffering places. So that my example of cynicism, or might be like self-disparagement, that uh, uh, can be a very powerful perception to focus on on your own perceived negativity, perceived inadequacies, perceived, I say, because they're not necessarily true. And that the decision to always look at that part of your mind, or that part of your perceived character, that that's a decision I make. Now, the reason I make that decision might be rooted in some history which makes sense but still the choice I make to hold on to a particular perception which is negative say in the case of self-disparagement that's a choice I'm making driven by a certain decision at some point in my life and it can seem very very appropriate that when we uh, built the the meditation hall, the beautiful meditation hall in uh, New Zealand. Well, we had a very, very gifted architect and quite a few gifted carpenters. Ajahn Kusla was there, and it really was a, a beautiful piece of work that got the architectural award that year for that type of building. So it was a kind of, it was a bonbon, <laughs> a lovely, lovely building. And I asked the architect Hugh. I said, "You, you know, you, you must see flaws." He says, oh, I see all the flaws, but i got to be careful not to look at them. So he could ruin the beautiful thing that he had created and all the work he had put it by looking at a bit of duct work or by looking at a proportion which was maybe not 100%. And that's a, that's a habitual decision, a habitual choice that one has to be careful of. Right? So to just, at the end of the day, to, to, to choose to dwell on the perceptions of negativity, uh, is that skillful? Is that helpful? Well, if I've just been totally lazy and just drank fruit juice all afternoon, yeah, it's probably <laughs> a good idea to say, I don't know, I think very that's enough fruit juice. You <laughs> should do some meditation. But uh, on the whole, I, I always find that 
groups like us, we're very diligent. Everyone's hard worker. Uh, and, and meditation is hard. It's hard in the body, hard in the mind. So, so at the end of the day, to kind of to bring up a perception which is going to encourage you in the practice. And, what, and, what, and that's a decision you can make too, isn't it? I can, I can say to myself, all right, at the end of the day, yeah, I went to the sittings and I, I kept the eight precepts. And I gave it a go and all that. Maybe maybe my mind was a total mess and I was falling asleep and all the rest of it. But I did try. I kept to the form. And this is not easy. So be encouraged. Now that's the decision to choose a, a certain perception which is uplifting. It's not self-indulgent. It's just kind of skillful perceptions. Or I could choose to say, Oh God, no jhana again. Man, I've been trying for six years. It's, I don't know. I'm just going to get reborn again. I know no satapati, no satapati, and, and you know you could go that way. Which perception do you choose? So I, I was suggesting, like, choose at the end of the day. If you want, choose forgiveness. Like for anything I've done with body, speech, and mind, I ask for forgiveness, just to the universe. And then for anything that's been done to me, which has been hurtful or painful, I offer forgiveness. And for anything I've done to myself, I forgive. And that's a that's a perception. That's a that's a way of thinking. It's a decision one made. And what's the what happens when you make that choice? And and so we, we you know we, we, we keep looking at how we're directing our practice and how we're using right thought because this is this is samasankap, isn't it? How you actually think about your practice, your life, your the direction you're doing. So. Uh, um, like maybe, like if I felt just really, really restless today and I just wanted to jump the wall and make snowmen or whatever. <laughs> and and I, you know, I just went to the sittings and all that and I didn't like it, but I went and I didn't like the chanting and I didn't like the food, but I stayed with it. And I watched and I watched and I watched. The experience itself maybe wasn't so great, but I stuck with it. So I could judge the experience and say, oh God, you're a basket case. Or I could say, well actually, no, I didn't choose those moods. They just chose to come on their own energy. But I did bear with it. It was, I stayed with it, I watched it. And that's, that uplifts you, it encourages you in the practice. So do be careful of, of like self-disparagement. You know, like, is, is, the, is the critical faculty coming from wisdom? Or is it coming from habit? So that's one of the habitual things we do as intellectuals, that we, we've learned to be critical, and we've learned to be idealistic, and then we combine those two, and our performance is never up to our ideals, and then so we dwell in self-criticism, perhaps. So make a decision to awaken to that. You can make a decision. If you make a decision, I'm not, I won't be self-critical, you'll be even more self-critical because that's being self-critical. <laughs> but if you, if you make the decision, ah, I'm going to try to see the arising of self-criticism as a kind of resistance, as a kind of aversion, and just get the very, very, just the feeling of self-criticism, what's it like? There's contact, there's the perception, and then there's the yucky feeling. And rather than take it into a whole bunch of thought and storylines, what's it really like? And so there's that decision to awaken to suffering, 
rather than believe in it. That's a decision I can make. If a decision is, is not couched in wisdom and it's just couched in some kind of naive idea that just by willing it I can stop being self-critical, we know that doesn't work. I won't be self-critical. It doesn't work. It's not Dhamma. Whereas Dhamma, so it, it will arise, but I'll, I'll notice it's arising and I'll notice the cessation. And this is wisdom informing thought, and then that informs our effort. When we make choices, we're making effort in some kind of way. And so that informs the effort, and then we start to be, you know, we're in line with Dhamma, rather than simply being in line with our, with our habits. So when we do things like uh, metta bhavana, in whatever way you like to do it, you know, just do it this way, but there's a million and one ways to do it, but just, just the fact that I make a decision throughout the day to put thoughts of goodwill into consciousness, that decision starts to affect consciousness. The momentum of consciousness starts to help the, the way one is interpreting life. And so then you combine that, you, you, you decide to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to awaken to the feeling of negativity. And you start to put into consciousness the feeling of goodwill. You start to do both, don't you? You implement the wholesome and you awaken to the unwholesome and don't attach to it. And then you, your practice has this the strength of both wholesome factors awakening to unwholesome factors. And that you make a decision. You have to make a decision to do that every day. Every day. So living in, in a kind of full conscious state and making decisions in full consciousness is is I think quite quite rare in humanity. Quite often people's decisions are simply propelled by circumstances, by passions, by biases, by past conditioning. But to actually have that wisdom and, and, and presence of mind to make clear decisions and then to drive one's life or to drive or to live one's life in, in line with those clear decisions. That's that's a kind of unique opportunity that we have. And then when we when we when we do that and we make choices, we start to see results very clearly. We because we're more mindful of how we're choosing to do or not do things. And 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 then we, we see how karma works, we see how intention works, we see how right thought works. Because it's always a, there's a kind of feedback mechanism going on. And of course that just encourages the same pathway. We begin to see the good results and that encourages us to, to keep going. All right, I'll leave that for your reflection. And